Welcome to Be Ye Hearers. It's a podcast of St. James's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's stone forever. These have always been my favorite words from our service of holy baptism in the Book of Common Prayer. After each baptismal candidate has been dipped, sprinkled, or immersed in the water, the priest says these words as they anoint the child, the youth, or the adult with holy oil. This morning at 11.15, and also after later service, we will say these words when we baptize David Scott Stabler IV and Berkeley Claire Baker Kane. The words and the actions of anointing with oil emphasize in a physical way that life is now different for this individual who has passed through the waters of baptism. Baptism, the sacrament of baptism, is the focus of the very first Sunday after Epiphany in our gospel lessons. The wise men have gone back home. Uh, The Holy Family is in Egypt. And we now skip over much of our Lord's childhood, and we find him at age 30 preparing for his public ministry. Our gospel this morning celebrates Jesus' baptism in the River Jordan by John. We hear this account in Luke's gospel, as many folks wonder if John himself, who's very popular, might be the Messiah. But he deflects and he points them toward our Lord. Given the importance that Jesus attached to baptism as a signal to the start of his public ministry among us, It is appropriate, I think, to spend some time reflecting together on the meaning of the sacrament of baptism in today's world. I want to do this in two very distinct ways. First, from a cultural perspective, and then looking at what baptism means from a theological or spiritual spiritual perspective. For many years as a priest, I've been puzzled about the social attitude that some folks appear to have toward the sacrament of baptism, even if they don't seem to care much about going to church or being at church. uh, In the Church of England, they used to say that people came to church three times in their life to be be hatched, matched, and dispatched. (laughs) It does make sense when you think of it. Now, despite some folks' lack of concern with church life, they still, though, continue, they still continue to bring their children to be baptized. They seem to think of baptism as a natural result of their connection to this small child. This is what you may call a cultural baptismal expectation, and it's quite different from the theological one I mentioned earlier. Everyone else's child is being baptized, so it seems natural as a rite of passage that we would do the same thing for every child that is born into the St. James's church family. And since most parents were also once baptized, they want the same thing for their child. This is, I believe, a natural human desire. And please don't think for a moment that my words are meant to disparage those who seek baptism in this sense. Speaking personally, I'm just thankful that people want to be here at church. And I think being a Christian today is a bit like all those wonderful parables that our Lord told about scattering seeds. We throw some seeds out in a service like baptism, and hopefully they're going to find some good soil, they'll begin to ripen and grow in somebody's soul. None of us, after all, ever knows how God is going to work in someone's life, 
So I don't think, my friends, this cultural pressure for baptism is necessarily such a bad thing. It helps get people through the church doors, and it can open their hearts, their spirits, to hear the gospel and to learn about God's love and God's mercy. But at the same time, when we baptize children, something else, something else is at work in their spiritual lives. While we welcome babies and children into our church family, baptism also tells us that something critical, it tells us something critical about the future lives of these children and their relationship to God. You might say, in some ways, the sacrament of baptism, in this sense, theologically, does just the opposite thing from what most folks think. Instead of affirming a human connection, baptism reminds us that we, we have in some indelible, indelible way been marked as Christ's own forever. As it says in our liturgy, and just as Jesus was marked in some mysterious way, the voice from heaven speaks and says, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. When a child is baptized into the Christian church, that is the moment in their lives when we, as a church family, as a community, hand their lives and their souls over to God. This is one of the deepest mysteries of baptism. It is at its core, at core a deeply individualizing act. Having been baptized, these children will set out on a spiritual journey in which they must learn to love Jesus, love Jesus more than father, mother, brother, and sister. Only then, our Lord tells us, they will be worthy to inherit the kingdom. Baptism is meant to plunge all of us into uncharted waters, and we must trust in God, trust in the Lord, that our children will be able to learn the necessary skills to swim. And while as a parent I am just as guilty as most people, thinking that it is all up to me whether my children will become a Christian, baptism is a moment. Baptism is one of those special moments when we have to be honest with ourselves and admit that it is not entirely up to us. It is only possible for God to turn these children or candidates into faithful disciples of Christ. Yet despite the dual nature of the sacrament, we also are reminded time and time again in the liturgy and in the Gospels that we are never alone on the spiritual journey. Baptism brings us into a community, a community of faithful believers that we call the church. This is why our service asks the community of believers if they will do all in their power to support and nurture a person in their life in Christ, always acknowledging, always acknowledging that the power ultimately rests with God's Holy Spirit. Baptism is meant to remind us that we are indeed part of a community, not of our choosing, but of God's choosing. If we learn anything from reading the Old Testament stories about kings and heroes and prophets and poets, we must remember that God God chose each one of them. They did not choose God. Moses did not want to go to Egypt. Jeremiah did not want to be a prophet. And I'm fairly sure that Daniel was not particularly thrilled about spending a night in a lion's den. 
And yet, yet, a loving God, a compassionate God, a forgiving God, God chose these reluctant, often broken people for his purpose. He baptized them into this extraordinary life. This morning, my friends, God chooses each one of us again to be his people, to model the love and compassion that Christ showed to all those people he encountered in his earthly ministry. And just as Jesus was told that he was God's beloved, we are told again through the sacrament of baptism, through the gift of Christ's body and blood, that we too, we too, each one of us are God's beloved. And each one of us is marked as Christ's own forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Ye Hearers. For our full worship service, go to doers.org slash live. To learn more about St. James's, go to doers.org. We hope you've been touched by the Holy Spirit today. We look forward to being your companion on your spiritual journey.